Welcome to Stokes County Boys, a podcast in which two friends discuss the place and things that made them who they are and who they are not. As always, you're joined by me, Philip, and my good friend, Patrick. Patrick, what's going on? Not much, Philip. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited today. Today we've got a big episode. You know what? This is a really big episode because not only are we talking about one of the biggest like debut albums of all time, especially in the 21st century, Get Rich or Die Trying by 50 Cent. But it's also the uh, the last episode of our first year before we break off a, a second year before our anniversary show, Patrick. I'm amazed that we have uh, <laughs> made it this long, if you want my honest <laughs> Yeah, you didn't think we'd get it started, and I, I made you do it anyways. You did. And, I, you know, Philip, I do have to admit, like, it's it's been a really fun year just talking and, 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 you know, connecting with you and all that. But we also get to meet a lot of really cool people along the way, which has been really entertaining and, and really uh, thought-provoking, actually. Yeah, I know. And, well, speaking of which, let's bring him in here. We've got a great guest for today. And, you know, it has been one of the joys of doing this. I've actually get out of my shell and actually ask people to talk to them. And I have a reason to. Otherwise, I would <laughs> assume they didn't want to talk to me. But... You can hear him on the Comedians of Wrestling podcast week to week. You can check out his uh, Twitch stream at uh, Tiptoe with Tulo. He can tell you more of that in a minute. It's Nick Tulo. How's it going, man? What's up? I am so excited to be here. Honestly, it's been a long time coming. Uh, and now yeah. I feel like uh, the pressure is on. Got to gotta end the first year with a bang, right? I mean, because, yes. I mean, you psychos are going to record. Or is that a spoiler or no? No, no. Um, let's talk okay. about it. You guys are going to record on the edge of a cliff. So, I mean, That's right. hey, listen, it was I'm honored to be here on your maybe last podcast ever because uh, <laughs> that's crazy. But uh, yeah, man, thanks for having me. Uh, yep. Uh, Tiptoe with Tulo. Uh, that's a brand across pretty much all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, Discord. Jeez, it's everything now. <laughs> if you don't have them all, then what are you doing? You're not succeeding at life, right? Um, yeah, I know. So 618, yeah, I'm doing, uh, I'm relaunching my stream, which is something I got into pandemic era, uh, launched it in January. And then I moved from Long Island to Austin uh, this past month. Uh, so I took about a month and a half off from streaming. And now I'm revamping it up. I got like a team of guys helping out uh, and uh, a lot of cool stuff coming with a lot of cool things. And I'm uh, just excited to be able to talk about that stuff with other people. <laughs> yeah. So how, how's the move been uh, so far? I know you haven't uh, been there long, but pretty crazy. Yeah. So I uh, pandemic, I decided to sell my house because the Long Island real estate like surged. So it was a seller's market. And I was like, I want to finally go to Austin's the place I wanted to move to for a long time. I uh, hit the road on May 14th with Danny and one of my buddies. Uh, Danny's my dog, obviously. Yeah. Uh, one of my buddies doesn't get to have a name. He's just one of my buddies. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I've been down here, man. Uh, it literally rained the first three weeks I was here every single day. Thunderstorms. <laughs> but the nice part was I was able to get all my all, all my uh, uh, all my nerd stuff up and uh, going. And yeah, um, it looks good. But it's been nice. And I got out a little uh, last two weeks. And Austin's an incredible city. If you've never been here before. Highly recommend coming here and checking it out. Uh, the amount of stuff there is to do, uh, the scenery, the the environment, the music, the people. Uh, it's just a great place. Uh, and I'm happy to call myself a resident. Not legally and officially yet, but soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Nick, what did um, what brought you actually to Austin? Was it your, your job? Was it just you fell in love with the city and you knew you had to go? I mean, obviously, if you move from somewhere, you got to move yeah. to somewhere. It was, uh, it was a bunch of things. Um, so my friend moved down here about like three and a half years ago. And I actually like went with him through the process, helped, went with him to look at places. So, uh, and then he moved here and then I was, I got to visit him like half a dozen times or so over the three and a half years. Um, and I was like, all right, end of 2019, I was quitting my union job. I was done working in, in a power plant. I wanted to just sell my house uh, that I owned for a while. I had equity in and cash out and, you know, start life over. And 2020 uh, happened. <laughs> I was end of February. I was actually just got to San Francisco from driving car cross country for uh, work. We were doing a gig for Facebook and mm. uh, I drove a 35 foot Penske truck full with staging equipment and everything 
to San Francisco. We got there, set up, and they came in and said, shut it down. We're not doing wow. events for 90 days. <laughs> and uh, yeah, life was crazy. And then this this fall, uh, like end of the fall, uh, a house around my like the corner from me sold for a, a lot of money. That was a comp to my style of the house. So luckily my dad does real estate. And I was like, I need to know how much I can sell my house for. And we put it up on the market and got what we wanted for it. And before it closed, I just was like, you know what? I'm going down to Austin, got went and visited, found my place. And man, I needed it. It was, it was just, a, just an overall great decision. Just New York turned into a place where for me to start over, how do I do that there? You know, it's like uh, the city's still not fully recovered. It's going to be a while if I'm looking to get back into events, you know, the hustle bustle of it all. So this is a new start, fresh start, new way of life. A lot of opportunity out here. It's now the tech capital of the country. So I, over the course of two years, you know, it happened. So it's mm -hmm. it's really cool. Really awesome. Well, sorry if this sounds like if it's if it's too personal or if I'm no, prodding no, 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 or whatever. Ahead. Like because you're what you're saying is really hitting home for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is Patrick may uh, follow suit. In a little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what like what what you've just pulled the trigger on is something that you know Philip can vouch for. This I've talked about for several years. I you think know? everybody does, right? I mean, it, at some right. point in their life, they're like, I gotta get the hell out of here, you know, right? right. And I yeah. want to do something for myself, but it's not easy. Like honestly, it literally took a pandemic. Uh, my back against the wall to a place where I, I was like, all right, I have to, I either pull the trigger now or I'm not, I, who knows where I'll be in the next 10 years, like struggling to just make it here on Long Island, New York, which, you know, you grow, you grow and you gotta, and you gotta make, gotta make decisions. And, and it was not easy. Let me tell you, it was very hard, um, but I did it and now I'm here. So it's all about adjusting and, and doing, you gotta do what's best for yourself. That's what I'll say. Like, you know, it's not an easy decision. Come up with a good plan, put the plan in place and execute it to the best of your ability. You know, that's well, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I feel like this is, you this might is, have to you might have to have a follow up, Patrick. <laughs> uh, honestly, feel free to pick my mind about more things. I mean, I, I believe in this kind of stuff. It's like synchronicity. It's like, hey, maybe I was supposed to come on this pod so it could kind of be like you can it helps you, you know, get your motivation and do something. And honestly, Take your time and and figure it out and come up with a really good plan because uh, if you if it's something that you want and you know that you can do, nothing's going to stop you from achieving that. So, so Nick, I, I need you to tell Patrick about this because I've heard about okay. it because I listened to the Comedians of Wrestling podcast and you mentioned right. it. P Patrick has no idea, but you got to tell him about your uh, your your Texas tour that you're about to go on. This seems oh. like it's up Patrick's <laughs> alley with the. Uh... So now that wrestling's back, going back to live shows, they're. Uh, so AW starting on seven seven in Miami, but after that, from seven fourteen to seven twenty one, there's five professional wrestling shows in within a three hour driving distance from me. So it starts on seven on July fourteenth. AW Dynamite Fighter Fest, by the way, which they just announced night one, uh, will be in Cedar Park, Texas, which is thirty minutes from me. Uh, Friday, 7-16 is SmackDown. That's the return debut of live shows yeah. in Houston at the Toyota Center. I'll be there. I got my tickets. Uh, <laughs> Sunday is Money in the Bank in Dallas. Monday is Raw in Fort Worth. Wednesday, Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2, Fort Worth. I'm going to all of them. We're calling it the Supermark Summer Tour. <laughs> I'm gonna get merch made like a like a concert, like 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 yeah. the one I'm wearing yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, I should actually do it. Like this Billy Joel oh. shirt, my big ass fucking head. Your own head. Yeah, <laughs> three different versions of it. Oh, 100. We're doing this with the fucking. Oh my god, you're topping it off. You're going to SummerSlam in Vegas too, aren't you? Yeah, I bought a. So um, it's funny because I was just talking to some of my friends, uh, Lauren Moran. If you don't know her, uh, she's an artist. Uh, she's incredibly talented. Alex Queen of the Ring, uh, who's super talented as well. She was just on the, the WWE Network, actual well, Peacock, I guess. And my friend Kayla, who they on Sundays do uh, Church of Joshi, which is like a, an incredible show on Twitch. If you haven't haven't watched, you should check it out. But. Uh, so one by one, it was just like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going now. So now we're all going. And, uh, but I bought a, a single floor seat. This is, I'm a psychopath right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've, no. I've lost my mind. I bought a single floor seat, floor 24. So it's not like one of the first floor sections, but I made sure I got it because in 
in the new football stadium, they have like this sick entry. It's a long entrance they're doing. Oh, okay. I guess yeah. if you remember from like Royal Rumble a couple of years ago at Minute Maid or whatever it was, they had that long Patrick entrance. Patrick was there. Yeah, Patrick. I was there. You were there? Yep, yep. So I made sure I had it in a section. I'm like trying to be like, where's the hard cam going to be? I don't fucking know, but I need to be able to see that entrance. Like, mm-hmm. so I made sure I picked the floor seat that wasn't going to be like on the side, like behind it. I like found it. So I have the ticket. Uh, now I just have to book flights out of Austin to Vegas are, there's not a lot of them. So like, I don't want to fly frontier. I really don't <laughs> I, I'd rather walk to, fucking yeah. Vegas, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, man, it's going to be wild. It's, it's going to be a great summer wrestling's back. Uh, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Nothing more. I love more than actually going to the shows, but my the main thing is. <laughs> I look like Seth Rollins, so I'm going to dress like Seth Rollins. I'm going to get the suits and yes. I'm going to film it all and make all this content. So we're doing like a whole rollout worth of content with, with all the things I'm doing now. So it's, it's a, it's a fun time, man. Uh, I'm just so glad it's all back for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, we kind of did the inverse of what we typically do with our <laughs> first time guests. And <laughs> instead of asking about your hometown, we were talking about how you just left it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But Patrick, Patrick always has a question. I'll send it to you, buddy. Yeah, I always ask about the food because, you know, when I go to Philip and I, like, like, you know, we mentioned early on, we're going back to Stokes County mm-hmm. to record our, our Amazing. anniversary episode. Yeah, I didn't actually, yeah, I didn't, I didn't specify, but when he said he was on top of a, a, a cliff, it, it's Hanging Rock State Park. It's the crown jewel of the county we grew up in. There's not a lot there to do, but the one great thing we have is this awesome state park. And so, you know, we, we've been up there a bunch of times when we were growing up. It was something to do, like you're saying, going out on trails. There's other trails with like waterfalls and stuff. It, it's pretty amazing. So I was like, we got to do something. We've done this a year. What are we going to do? I'm like, let's record it on top of that. On top of that Fuck rock, yeah. so <laughs> so we're gonna be the we're gonna be the two weirdos sitting up there with microphones, yeah, in the yeah. Of the day. <laughs> field recorder. Yes, we're gonna yes, walk yes. by and be like, "What are they hey, fucking doing over there?" If they walk by, I'm gonna ask them a question. Well, hopefully. you can guarantee the acoustics are gonna be like incredible. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it'll sound good. But but yeah. Anyway, sorry, Patrick. Go ahead. No, yeah, but you know, so we actually have to practice what we preach. We we we're gonna get a chance to have one meal. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, where do we go? Um, so if, if we went up, we'll, we'll do Long Island, but also when I ask about Austin, like if, mm-hmm. if we were to fly up to Long Island and, and we get one meal from, from one restaurant, where would you recommend? See, it's, it's such a hard question because Long Island is, there's so many different restaurants, so many different meals, so many different things. And then also probably the best food is in the city. So like, I mean, I'll put I'll point you in this direction, right? Usually if someone's coming out from out of town, they've never ate good pizza in their life. That's my thing. So I'm going to take you for pizza because I guarantee you, you never had a slice like some of the places I can be bringing. And it's why, you know, if you're a Barstool follower, you know, Barstool Prez does all the Barstool and he does all the ones in New York. Some of the best pizza exists. It's definitely in New York City. But if I'm taking you, you come to Long Island, you come to where I live, which was or where I lived, which was Franklin Square area. I'm taking you to Umberto's. We're getting you a corner slice of Sicilian, and we're probably going to get you two of those and a Coke if you want. And you're going to sit down. You're going to eat one of the most delightful slices, enjoyable slices, perfect amount of crisp sauce, cheese, uh, just cooked perfectly. That's where I would take it. I wouldn't want to, there's no real meal or any food that stands out, you know, specifically, but the pizza that exists in New York and the city, yes, Queens, yes. And Long Island has its spots, but Umberto's Corner Sicilian is the most go-to slice for me, in my opinion. Gotcha. What uh, What have you found in Austin? So when I go down there. So, I mean, Franklin's barbecue is insane. We got it. That's one of the things we did. We, uh, our friend, it was our friend's birthday. She was in town for the weekend and we made sure we, you have to pre-order it. They give you a window to go and pick it up now. Plus the, and you literally there's four dozen cars, like just waiting to go pick up their food that they pre-ordered. And this time around, I honestly, it was the best it's ever been. The Frank Franklin's barbecue. You're coming to Austin, you're getting barbecue or you're getting breakfast taco, like tacos, tacos, tacos. There's so many tacos here. It's insane. Uh, 
Well, yeah, I would say Franklin's barbecue is top of the line for sure. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. All no right. Problem. Well, we're going to take a little break and we got the main event next. We're going to talk 50 cent. <laughs> yeah, get rich or die trying, right? <laughs> That's right. You <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> Stokes County Boys is brought to you in part by Bull City Bows and Ties. Gussy up your puppy with these easy-to-attach fashion collar accessories. Your kitty will be sitting pretty in these handsome bows and ties. So go to etsy.com slash shop slash Bull City Bows and Ties to see over 50 styles and patterns. Founder and CEO is vet technician by day, pet fashion icon by night. Independently owned and operated, Bull City Bows and Ties can be found on Facebook or Etsy shop. Once again, etsy.com slash shop slash Bull City Bows and Ties. Bull City Bows and Ties. Tell them the Stokes County Boys sent you. We're back, Patrick. We made it back. We made it back. And as we did, uh, there it is. Trulo has <laughs> showing us his uh, his vinyl copy of the album we're talking about today. So you brought this one to us, Nick. When we yeah. have guests, we say, "Hey, what do you want to talk about? What's something, any piece of media that was kind of influential or or just struck you or or, or you know grabbed you in some way, either growing up or as a young adult or even now." So. The first question, I guess, we'll kick it off to you, is uh, why'd you choose this one? And also, where were you, I guess, in 2000, early 2003, late 2002, when this album was coming out? I was, I just graduated junior year of high school. Go, oh, well, I guess, no, I was going, I was in my junior, just graduated. I just finished my junior year of high school. Going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So 2002, going into my senior year. So got my license, right. uh, got a car, which was a 2000. Volkswagen Golf, Midnight Blue. Uh, for Christmas that year, I asked for a subs. Uh, so I got two 12-inch dual subs and like this awesome L blue LED, which wasn't LED. It was probably just like little light bulbs. It was just lights, um, yeah. <laughs> so now think about it. Hatchback. Uh -huh. I think that thing was awesome. Um, I was a white kid on Long Island uh, who smoked weed and... Uh, Rap music and hip hop music yeah. was awesome at that time. Like, yeah. you know, like, and if you smoked weed and you listened to <laughs> rap music, I mean, what, what better thing was it was? And also every kid on Long Island thought he was some kind of rapper. Eminem was massive at that time, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, uh, it was cool to give yourself a name. I was N tools. My buddy's name was Jay block. Uh, we'd freestyle smoke lawns and, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, <laughs> this guy, 50 Cent, just decides to flip the game on its head. I mean, like, if you think about it at that time, you know, New York, I mean, you think Jay-Z, Nas, but like New York hip hop wasn't on the maps as strong as it used to be with Biggie and stuff and all the things that were going on. So like now someone coming along talking about how he got shot nine times and, you know, it's like, who is this guy? So there was so, it was the first real artist or musician or anything that I remember there being a buzz about. Like, guy was from Queens. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I could drive my mom's car there if I had to, you know, you know <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was, you know, like it was just crazy. It's like Queens, this doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, um, I just remember in the club, like the song coming out and just being like, and going when the out knowing when the album going to Best Buy in Westbury and picking the at the CD. Oh, I still have my original copy. It's probably scratched the shit. You could probably see yeah. it. But original copy, like getting the CD, no, like it was knowing how many like people bought it. I mean, it sold so many copies. Like it was the biggest. Thing I remember, like as a kid, like 50 Cent was on the map. Like I wasn't really big into music and stuff like that. Um, you know, history wise, I can't really go back, but 
I mean, this was the, like an experience, you know, it was cool. Yeah. I, I think I read that in the first week it sold like over 800,000 copies. Yep. And this, this feels like in this particular, it's technically a debut album, but it's really mm-hmm. not. But in that, that's kind of the interesting thing. There's also like, despite the songs, there's also this amazing narrative behind it too, mm-hmm. which I think really helps. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Patrick, what, what's your, what's your background with this? So I remember when it came out, I was starting my first senior year of college and um, it was, <laughs> you kind of mentioned, <laughs> I took my time, <laughs> but it, you know, Eminem had just, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was maybe a year after 8 Mile had come out. And so all of a sudden hip hop's back in the spotlight and you, you can't turn on a popular radio station mm-hmm. without hearing something. You couldn't, you know, went to UNC Chapel Hill. You couldn't walk down Franklin Street on a Thursday or Friday night without hearing this music coming out. And, you know, you mentioned in the club, like, it, it was very... Mm-hmm. I I did not listen to hip-hop. I did not listen to a lot of music at the time. Um, I mean, you know, I was still listening, I think, in 2003. 2003 is when it came out, right? Yeah, right? yeah. around there, Like, yeah. early 2003. So, I'm look, like, I'm probably listening to, you know, like, as far as new music, Michelle Branch or, or <laughs> The Shins. Making you know, my way like, downtown. <laughs> no, that was uh, oh, shit. Vanessa, Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> and I'm mad that I know that. Oh God! I will um, say that little riff with those, uh, the, like the cello and the violins, that dun ga 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 That's good. That's really good. <laughs> oh my God! Oh but, man, that's funny. I'm sorry about no, that, but I just, I didn't. It, it's my own ignorance, though. You know, I just, I didn't grow up listening to this music, and so like, I didn't know anything about it. I knew its cultural relevance just because. How, how can you not when you look at like you know the the biggie and tupac stuff when you look at um i remember as a child uh when i think it was the mtv movie awards when both of their moms were on stage with will smith and like the east coast west coast rivalries it was i I remember all that happening i was just i didn't listen i didn't listen to the music enough to understand fully the culture or what was going on um, I really enjoyed listening to this because this is the first time I've actually listened to this album was for this yeah. podcast that was like, you know, I mean, I've heard a couple of songs, but I've never actually listened mm-hmm. to the album. So I look forward to, you know, hearing your guys thoughts on this. Well, top to bottom, this album just rips. I mean, there is literally I, not a bad song on this album. It's just from the coin drop in the be oh, the coin drop from the from the bullet. Yeah drop in the beginning oh is that what or, it is oh is it bullet or coin i'm always i don't know i i just immediately interpreted it as like a, a like coin, a coin right? because you're thinking of 50 half know, dollar 50 cent. that's yeah, it like so, a, that's what like i thought silver dollar. there's yeah. also a lot of bullet drops in that yes, as yeah. well uh because he got shot nine times but from that moment to the very end and at the very end it depended on what which one of the album versions you listen to they actually they put in some of his stuff from his mixtapes that like he released that got him to this point you know so it's just so great and it has so many awesome features on it and it highlights members of his of g unit of his crew uh it was just a beautiful like it's like wrestling like you know you had oh yeah the guy but then you had his crew and like those guys got there once the guy made it those guys got their time to shine too and they each had their push Lloyd Banks had a pretty successful career, if you ask me. Uh, Tony Yeo, uh, the game. I mean, the game was ready to buy the Clippers at one point, I think. Um, uh, and Young Buck, too, as well. And they just branched off. And it was just so cool to see, like, this wave. And the coolest thing about all of it, right in the middle of it, is this huge feud with Ja Rule. There, he just literally just ended this guy. I mean, this guy went from being fast and the furious probably to taking off to another level. And he and 50 Cent came along and was like, nah, this ain't happening. And they tried to end him. And that they I think they successfully did for a very long time. I mean, his legacy now what's his legacy now is uh, uh you know, being the guy behind the fight the fire fest. Fire right? fest, fire fest. That that debacle. So I mean but yeah, I think I like Patrick. This is the first time I've actually like listened through the whole album. 
Right. So that's why I kind of like when you mentioned this, I was like, all right, let's go with that. Cause we were spitballing some stuff and I was like, uh, let's go with that because mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, it was pervasive. There's no way you didn't hear like half of the, you know, the singles off this album, especially in the club. Like mm-hmm. I, I, the spring of 2004, I was in Spain in college. We were going to these like, you know, <laughs> the discoteca, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And you're hearing a bunch of like, you know, Euro trash EDM. Uh-huh. And then you'll hear this song too. And the club would come on too. And like, everybody's going nuts every time that song comes on. Yeah. They're going nuts. And for good reason, you know what? I, I want to dig into this song for a little bit because I mean, it's got just a, like a, an amazing, I mean, Dr. Dre produced it mm-hmm. and you can tell because it's like expertly produced in terms of the music. But one of the things I love, I always love nuances in songs and little things in the song. I think what makes this song and what I really like about what makes this song is almost exactly one minute in, a guitar comes in and it's just playing like one note, like just going dun 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 And that makes, the, that makes the whole damn song for me. It's just that <laughs> one note on guitar just coming in at the right time. And I'm just like, yep. Dude, it's crazy, man. I, like, I also, when I think of that song, I think of the music video and what I put it yeah. on before. And it will always make me laugh. But when he drops down from the ceiling, yeah, he's upside down. <laughs> oh, wait, what a way to fucking debut. You're just, yeah, here I am upside down, like ready to work out. And- <laughs> but I, I rewatched that video too. But the great thing about that video is it, it literally tells the story of how that album got made. Because, Patrick, I don't know if you know, What's what's the name of the actual? He had a debut that was he he had recorded in two thousand. I think it was called like Power of the Dollar. That's what it's called. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Power of the Dollar. He was working on this. He was signed by Columbia Records. That's when he got shot like nine times. Columbia drops him. I mean, some of the songs off of that are are on this album. I mm-hmm. think um, there's a few of them. I, I know What Up Gangsta. I think is on it. Yeah, I think some of the stuff towards the bottom, uh, like Poor Little Rich, I think, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, but anyways, but then like Eminem and, and Dr. Dre kind of like revive his music career. And you yeah, see well, that Eminem heard video. that album and was like, I heard it, uh, like, let's go. You know, that was the thing. Yeah, but that's in the video because you see it because they're in like this like operating room and, and, and they're like working on him. They have like, in the very early bits, you got to watch it. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome before he drops down upside down and you're just like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> but they're like working on him and he, he looks like cybernetic or something. Yeah. But Dr. Dre and Eminem are like the doctors that are working. I mean, it's literally the story of this album, which is, this pretty awesome. And then of course, you know, he's just walking in slow motion in, in a dance, in a club. Which yeah. <laughs> always looks cool. Right. I mean, the song is called In the Club. So. Yeah, yeah. You got to feature the club, right? You know, when I when I did this listen, and again, like I said, you know, you couldn't be around in the early 2000s and not know that this album existed and not know who 50 Cent was and not mm-hmm. know the, the, dare I say, revival of, of hip hop. You it know, really was. It, it, it feels like after Tupac and Biggie, it feels like it kind of, Maybe it was pushed to the back burner a little bit, or maybe it wasn't mm-hmm. as mainstream a, a, a across the board. I, I really think that Eight Mile helped a lot with that, bringing it to the masses. Um, even though, you know, of course, no genre ever really goes away. I mean, people are still listening, people are still creating, and all that stuff. Um, I, I, I'm not fully educated on what I'm about to say, and so ha- hang in there with me on this, guys. Uh oh. <laughs> when I when I was about halfway through listening to this, the only thing I could think about was the movie Casablanca. Okay. And the reason was, when you go watch Casablanca, because, you know, we're, we're all roughly the same age. We did not see that movie when it originally came out. You know, you watch it now, it's the most cliched, predictable, it's, but, but you, you start looking back and you think like, but wait a minute, this was like original at the time. I'm listening to this stuff, and it's exactly what I expected it to be. It's like a, a heartfelt narrative that you know he he's telling his story, mm-hmm. and with with I'm going to say nearly all because of course there's going to be some outliers, but nearly all songs in this genre it's based around the beat. 
And it's a very simplistic beat, but you know that it doesn't change. It's that's not the point. It's it's the lyrical cadences that really make a hip hop artist who they are. Um, and you throw in Philip, you mentioned that guitar, uh, that single guitar. They used some synthesizer in this to just tie yeah. things together. You could tell this was really well produced from a soundscape mindset. And so you know, I'm listening to this thinking like. Yeah, I've, I've heard people talk about their own lives before, but at the same time, every individual life is different. And then the more I listen to it, the more I feel like, man, he's like, he's really getting personal with this. And he's just laying it all out there. Yes, I was a drug lord. Yes, I did time. Yes, I got mm -hmm. shot on time. He's just laying it all out there in a way that like was just like I, I was I have a lot of respect for anybody that's willing to do that. Authenticity, right? I mean, it, yeah, it, I mean, you when he came out. He never held back who he was. He it, he was. Uh, they made a movie called "Get Rich or Die Trying," right? And in right. it, yeah. he says, "One of the, the girl that he's interested in says to him, What's what? What do you do?'" Like, and he goes, "I'm a gangster." And she goes, "No, what do you really do?" He goes, "I'm a rapper." And she goes, "Okay, like, what do you really do?" He goes, "I'm a gangster rapper." And like, honestly, that's what this album is. Like, you we knew who Fifty Cent was. Something crazy happened to him in his life where he, because of the life he lived and because of the hustle in the streets, he something happened to him where he was shot nine times. And he took that. And if you watch the movie, it's the same kind of thing. He took that and put that into his music. And like you knew about like he's not lying that he got shot nine times. Like it right. was it. So like everything he says and then in your mind is like, oh, this really happened. So like you're listening to authentic hip hop music. And I think the Ja Rule thing is kind of poetry there is that their whole thing was to show that Ja Rule is just this fake gangster, you know, like Jay put you on X made you hot. Now you're running around like you're a big shot. P word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's on like, back down, right? You know, like, so when he destroyed Ja Rule, he exposed the the in, he exposed the fraud in the industry and when people saw that they were like oh like fuck mm -hmm. ja rule 50 cents yeah. in that you know like yeah. and they went all in on it and it's it's that's what i just you know it's it's just such a great album it's banger after banger after banger like uh many men is a song that i would play rolling up to my wiffle ball tournaments because everybody <laughs> hated playing against me you know like i'd roll in i rolled in with the speaker last year playing many men because they all wish death upon my my team. And I was like, all right, that's it. And you roll through playing that song. People don't fucking mess around. They're like, oh, he came to play today. That's because 50 Cent is, is the real deal, man. You know, like, but yeah, this this album rocks. I think if I had to give my favorite song on the album, it's Patiently Waiting uh, mm. with uh, third track on the album, I believe. Mm -hmm. Intro, What Up Gangster, Patiently Waiting. Um I know I would say 95% of the words that Eminem's verse on this. Um, it is something that when people are like, oh, like, oh, put on a song. I bet you, you know, like, what's what's your favorite hip hop song of all time? I'll put this song on because uh -huh. when Eminem's part comes on, I do the whole entire verse and people are like, what? <laughs> now, let me let me explain this to you. I can't remember where my keys are right now. Okay. Right. But uh, the fact that I know every single lyric to Eminem's uh, verse and patiently waiting is mind blowing to me. Like didn't listen to it in six months, put it on. No problem. You know, what's, what strikes you about that song? Like uh, above all the others. Uh, well, it's the first uh, feature on, on the album. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Who better. And if you think about it, like we were just talking about when in the club, it's like, oh, Eminem found 50. So this is like, oh, it was that song that, oh, when you got to it on the album, you got to hear the song that Eminem was on, you know? Um, I think it's just a really nice way, the way the verses are, where they kind of like introduce each other, but like they go with the same kind of flow. And then he loud, and then 50 Cent finishes off the song. You know, I think yeah. a lot of times you see on hip hop albums, like, you'll have a feature from a big person and then they'll finish off. I think it's like also Lil Wayne did it on the Carter four, which by the way, a great album. Uh, he was on with Jay-Z and like, everybody was like, Oh wow. And then Lil Wayne finished off the song. And I was like, see, that's like a, it's like a passing of the torch kind of thing. Um, and it's just the verse is so, 
so sick. And plus, to know the words to an Eminem song makes me feel kind of cool, you know? <laughs> Patrick, you got a favorite track off of this? I've, I've got a couple, but uh, piggybacking on what you just said there, like, I, I think with Patiently Waiting... It might be my favorite on the album. I'm, I'm yeah. not 100% certain that I'm ready to say that yet. But like I really, like you just mentioned, I really liked Eminem's part in it and how it fit in. I mean, it felt like it was a true guest artist, but it wasn't like something completely different than what was going on in the rest of the song. Yeah. You know, it, I thought it really complimented it. Um, you know, kind of like when, um, to go back more into my wheelhouse, you know, when Maynard from Tool played along with Rage Against the Machine in, mm-hmm. in a, a, one of their songs. You know, it, it just, it's adding to it. It's not taking the spotlight away. It's saying, yeah, I'm the guest artist. This person has my backing. Here's my contribution to what they are doing. Really appreciated that. Um, I, as y'all were talking, I was thinking about this too. So, Philip, I don't know if you've really caught on to this, you know, but like, when we record, usually it's in the evening. Philip's got kids. We, you know, um, usually it's pretty late. Sometimes kids. we <laughs> got kids. Um, usually it's pretty late. Sometimes we'll do a double. Apparently, there were a few episodes I had a concussion. I don't even remember <laughs> recording them. And I'm not. Even, I'm not even trying to be funny. I had like I had got a concussion earlier in this quarantine, and and so you know. It's oh been shit! Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, he's not lying. I'm not. I'm really not joking. <laughs> okay, okay. Really. No, 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 no. Okay. Now I understand it better because it's. But uh, gotcha. I try to, you know, because garage. <laughs> yes. Um, I try to pair our our content with you know whatever I'm whatever you know drink I'm going to have for the evening, and you know tonight I'm going with Mount Gay Barbados Rum. And it was inspired. <laughs> it was inspired by this album because there's a line in in the club talking about sipping on Bacardi. And here's, you know, I know this might seem out of left field, but like, who sips on Bacardi? <laughs> like, like here's the thing. There's some good liquors out there. There's some good sipping things, and Bacardi is something that you either mix, you make a, a, a cocktail with, but like nobody. Especially somebody that's bringing in money like he is, because he makes it very clear throughout this song and album, he's bringing in the money. Like, why is he sipping on Bacardi? I wanted to like, I, I wanted to sip on rum, but I'm not gonna sip on Bacardi. Cause God, have some standards, man. You know, I never even. <laughs> I think Bacardi's just that 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 brand that is easy <laughs> to run. All right, well, rhymes with party. <laughs> yeah, it uh, does. Uh, it does. Bacardi, <laughs> mm-hmm. can we sip on that tonight? Is that all right? Yeah, fuck it. It just rhymes. It's good. You know, like that's, you know, it's just so funny because uh, I think the only time I ever had Bacardi was probably in a pina colada, maybe, you know, <laughs> or a L- Bacardi Limon shot in a Corona, which is just, that's just dumb to do. Don't do that if you're listening to this. You won't feel good the next day, I can guarantee you. Yeah, I think. I have a hard time because I think I think my favorite track may be Many Men. And I think one of the things that I really like about this song is um like you were saying, like, you know, he talks about being like the gangster, the rapper or whatever. And there's those songs that reflect that and that bravado and stuff. But this song actually like there's a lot of lines that actually at the same time like reflect that, but also reflect like a vulnerability or like this constant paranoia or just like constant anxiety with that lifestyle. Like, like when he says like every night I talk to God, but he doesn't say anything back. I know he's protecting me, but I still have like my gat. So he's like, I'm protected by God, but I'm still carrying this gun around, you know, and he's talking about his nightmares. And and so you get down, like after in the club, you got a song like high all the time. Mm -hmm. And you're like, (laughs) well, of course you'd be high all the time. Cause you understand how like stressed out he is. Like his lifestyle, it's amazing. Like you could get through a day. So it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so true. Like, uh, if you listen to the lines in many men, I'm pretty sure there's about three confessions to murder in there. Um, right. and it has a lot to do with karma and like guy, people that came after him. Like he says, literally says he got hit. Like I got hit, but he ain't fucking breathing. You know, like, I mean, right. Yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ. Yeah. Totally. All right. Well, I mean, if you're saying you got shot nine times, I'm believing that that means that guy is dead now <laughs> i mean uh we're gonna look into this <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> you know, like uh 
It sounds like a confession, <laughs> but hey, I'm not saying anything, you know? <laughs> well, it's a really sad song. And, and yeah, it's, oh, totally. Philip, I think if I if I had to pick one song, I think this one was the one that I, I had that most impacted me because it really made me look in the mirror. Um, you know, Philip and I have been talking a lot about mental health lately. Um, and you know, quarantine did a number on everybody. We know this, and and it's a weird time to be in America right now. I, you know, not not trying to take this like politically here, but like you know, Mitch McConnell just mentioned about um, you know, he if. If there's a spot on the Supreme Court that opens up, he's going to do everything he can to stop Biden from putting somebody in there. And it's like Democrat, Republican, all that aside, like just there's a right and wrong way of doing things. And it's just it's so frustrating and all this stuff. And, you know, a lot of that's weighed on me lately. When I heard this particular song, it really kind of hit me that, like, I, I have a completely different lifestyle than a lot of people yeah. in America. Yeah. And I am never, being a white middle-class male, I'm never mm. going to understand what it's like to be racially profiled. I'm never mm. going to understand what it's like to be in a situation where barring a, I, I don't use this in, in any stretch of imagination being like a, a lighthearted comment, but like, you know, barring a mass shooting at the mall or something like that. Like, I don't, foresee myself in a situation where I'm selling drugs or in a in a lifestyle where I have to do something like that to get by and like it's I related to this guy as a human being is going through you know stuff I, that even though I'm never going to understand exactly mm -hmm. what he's going through I related to him as like a human being with real feelings and I think that you know all the songs were very personal as we mentioned but I think this particular song it just showed that kind of aura of sadness that, you know, this is, it's kind of like the life that chose him more than he chose it. And now he's yeah. just putting it well, out. He was there born like, into it. I mean, yeah. his mom was 15 when she had him and she uh, hustled to provide for him. And she mm -hmm. was killed when he was eight. Like, I'm, I'm, like, you know, like he had to go live with his grandparents. He, he the only thing he knew was to, same thing that is he was forced to do like his mom was forced to do, which was go to the streets and, you know, almost got killed the same way his mom did, you know? So like to be fine rap and have an outlet to share that is insane to listen to in the course of an album. You know, uh, when I suggested this album, I, my brain process went, well, I have no business talking about this. I don't, I am a white guy, you know, like from long Island. Uh, but this is an album that was is holds a special place to me in my heart because it just reminds me of so many incredible times. This is a, a this can bring me back to so many different places, and I may not be able to relate to it in a lifestyle form, but I appreciate the authenticity and the joy that it would always bring me. You could put this album on and literally have a great night, you know, like yeah, it's the yeah. best, you know, and uh, it will bring me back to smoking blunts, uh, uh, driving around, uh, you know, on uh, cutting class, um, writing down freestyles because we thought we were rappers. Uh, it will bring me back to uh, going to a, a teen club in the city and getting so drunk that I threw up all over the place. Uh, and, and I remember that visibly cause that's when, uh, in the club was coming out right before yeah. the album dropped. And I was just screaming <laughs> in the club. You can find me in the go shorty. It's your birthday. Right. Think about yeah, it. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just a line that when you hear that, you know, you're in for a good time. So like, um, and it's crazy because he turned this career into like, he got that deal with vitamin water. God damn. Oh, that's I right. mean, I forgot I about mean, that. What he he was like the first real like that entrepreneur hip hop artist that like took his fame and was like, I'm doing everything outside of hip hop. Like, and he fell off for a little bit and probably went through some some difficulties and stuff, but he's still relevant. 18 years later, this album has sold 14 million copies worldwide. Mm -hmm. It should be certified diamond and it's not. They only register as 9 million copies in, I guess, whatever, in America or just worldwide. It should be certified mm -hmm. diamond. This isn't a masterpiece of an album. And it honestly, what he did too was after this album, he just remixed every popular song that was out. 
like, or not even after, like during this album, the mixtapes, he brought back mixtape albums. Like he aligned himself with people in the industry, DJ Who Kid, like you would hear these freestyles and it would be over a really dope beat. They remixed everything. It was, it was that era. They ignited this new era of hip hop. And honestly, it was because of Fiddy. Like he did it. And it was a dude from New York that, I mean, he can't throw a, 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 a first pitch out. <laughs> He's barred from doing that ever again. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> seen that. But, but the dude like put New York and East Coast hip hop back on the map. Like, and that's a lot to say with guys like when I showed <laughs> Phil this album, he, he fired back with a Nas album. I'm like, yeah, that's all good and grand. But like... <laughs> He didn't come out within the club, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Tula, one thing that you kind of mentioned it, and I just want to highlight it, is like the way I see it is with with anything, you need, you know, metaphorically, you need mirrors and windows. And for me, like especially, like me and Patrick, I can go both say, you know, we grew up in a rural tobacco farming town, 95% white, Okay. So when we listen to this, it may seem like it's overstating, but it's not. This is a beautiful window into a different life that Patrick was mentioning. So when you connect to it, you know, you're connecting to the authenticity, you're connecting to like, you know, you're connecting to certain emotional states that he's adeptly representing in these songs, even though it's like experiences that we haven't had necessarily. Mm -hmm. Maybe high all the time, you did (laughs) that is a mirror (laughs) to you, Tulo. Right? But, but, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh but you know what i'm saying but you know this is a window for us and it, and it's great so enjoying this is and talking about it but you know you can relate to it even though it doesn't necessarily reflect your your life or your experience you know right, what right, i'm right. saying got a question and again this is my own ignorance um so i like i really did like the song 21 questions mm-hmm. yeah and i went through and i actually counted you know oh like, i was okay, about to do that just, and i didn't yeah it's <laughs> like are, are all 21 his because you know is the guest artist does that count <laughs> but anyway um the, the the line um love you like a fat kid loves cake is this where that originated <laughs> or you know what i mean because i mean that's a fairly common uh, phrase that you've heard i don't no, know i'm gonna say he he took that. I got okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That feels so Maybe. Funny. I don't know. Now, now you got me <laughs> intrigued. I'm not so sure. Simple. Yeah. I'm not sure. What a what a great line though, too, right? Oh, it's a great, great yeah. <laughs> no better way to show your love than a fat yeah. kid that loves gay, right? <laughs> I mean, that's true love. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Tulo, I want to go back to back down. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's definitely the biggest, like, obvious, like, diss track of Ja Rule. And, you know, one thing we said, it kind of like ruined Ja Rule. And one thing I, I think I was texting you too low about is like, yeah, I mean, he had that first Fast and Furious movie. After that, who's in the second one? You know, it's ludicrous. It's not. Yeah, 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 ja Rule yeah. didn't make it. I mean, yeah, Bow Wow's in Tokyo Drift. Yeah. But who comes back and has the career as like in this like, you know, huge franchise? It's ludicrous. But Ja Rule's in the first one. And, you know, his career is kind of diminished or overshadowed. Yeah. But there's also some, like, there's a Chappelle thing where he's making fun of Ja Rule, too. I don't think that helped either. No, that definitely didn't I think it was after, what was it, after, like, September 11th? And he was, like, joking, like, what what are we going to do, Ja? You know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But one thing thing I want to ask you about, and I think I, I sent you, I sent... I should have sent it to you, Patrick. But Alex Thomas, at the end of that track, does that little yeah. skit. What's your want to hear your? Well, I think it like feels I, so, so. Coming from a different different era, like you look back and it's obviously completely homophobic in nature, yeah, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think during that time, the way to insult somebody was being homophobic towards them. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, so you go back and you listen to it, and it totally is. But I, I mean. What is even going on in that skit? It's wild. Well, it was taken, like, I sent you that that link to the interview. Yeah, yeah. Because I was searching around. I was like, who did that part? You you know what I'm talking about, Patrick? No. It's like right at the end of Back Down, there's like a little, there's just some Jeffrey spoken words. Jeffrey <laughs> yeah. He's like, Ja, ja is my boo. You yeah, know, yeah, that sort Ja of thing. is my and boo. Like a, oh, 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 I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. so it was Alex Thomas is a comedian. He was actually on the Jamie. There's an interview I found where he's kind of talking about how that happened. And so basically, he was on the Jamie Foxx show. It was about to end. 
Dr. Dre, for some reason or another, asked him to go on tour with him and kind of be the host of this big oh, hip hop tour. Had all these acts. So he was going to introduce all of them, right? And then after that, he asked him to do a little thing for this album, um, and, and particularly this song. So apparently on a radio show one time, someone called in and said literally like Ja Rule is my boo or whatever. Yeah. And so apparently it was, you know, <laughs> sonically it was like what you would typically consider like a gay man's voice. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he went with that and just like ad libbed all this other stuff. And so that's where that comes from. Right, so right, yeah. Right. Yeah. When you listen to it now, like for me, listen to the the album the first time you're just like that's one of the things i'll say this is an amazing album that does not age well you know no 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 not at all dude not at all but well yeah. they get even worse uh so right after this <laughs> album drop and they go into to destroying ja Rule, they released some gnarly gnarly freestyles on him talking about ecstasy, using ecstasy, all these crazy things. They did not hold back. Eminem, D12, G-Unit, Obi Trice, like they all came together. They were on a mission from God. They remixed Tupac's <laughs> Hail Mary. They remixed Tupac's Hail Mary and it was Eminem 50. Like they, they didn't hold back. They were out to end this guy and they did, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. And, and the thing is, is like, it felt after a while I was reading some stuff about it and it felt a little excessive because uh, he went, he, I read he went even so far to buy almost 200 tickets to one of his concert to just have a bunch of empty seats. But then at the same time, you're like, it was got recently, all that money that happened like in the last couple of years. Yeah, exactly. It's Jaw like, rules uh, going on. back and 50 cent like scooped <laughs> up all the front row seats. So there'd be nobody in the front row. <laughs> I know. I do remember at the time that it was almost like murder Inc versus everybody. Yeah. I mean, I know that it was, you know, you got to double down if you're on this record label. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. also am smart enough to know that, these producers and musicians, they're brilliant. Mm -hmm. and, it's and pro wrestling. It is. And and the conflict that the more, you know, there's no such thing as negative publicity, right? I mean, like just, the, these are album sales, diss tracks, all this. I mean, these are album sales and album sales and album sales. What actually caused this initial beef because typically speaking these rivalries will the same even... way every other one does patrick it was over a chain <laughs> disrespect they, disrespect patrick. they snatched uh i think it it turned off or someone said something and it turned over a chain so if you listen it was like a guitar chain that ja rule wore and they snatched it off him and it was that start that that was like the big beef. I'm almost like ninety percent positive it started over an altercation, and he snapped like they he they he took something from fifty, and then they saw each other again, and fifty snatched his guitar chain off him. So like mm -hmm. in the in one of the videos, they got like someone wearing it. I remember this. I I swear I can't be making this up. This is all coming into my brain, but it was definitely <laughs> over a chain for sure. <laughs> So, so this is kind of like a, a kindergarten class where somebody also, stole a toy. Yeah, and it also had to be like Patrick. Think of it when all the you know the Undertaker early feuds when he was a babyface, everybody was taking his urn, right? Yeah, and so he had to he had to fight back to to rectify that situation of someone stealing his urn. Or uh, Bret Hart in like 1995. I forget who it is off the top of my head. Somebody was stealing his jacket or sunglasses or something like that. <laughs> It's the same thing. It's about respect. I yeah, hate to mention it, but current cow champion Shabiro talks about one of the things he loves about wrestling. This is one thing he's right about is about respect. And you see it, the same thing in like hip hop. It's, it's about respect. There is disrespect. Dog happening. me. I'm going to dog. Like exactly. You got to get dog back. Exactly. And I know I'm saying it in this kind of like seemingly trivial way, but it, it's for real at the same time. There's also some theatricality into it. And and you mentioned it too. Like the, I, I was thinking of the exact same thing, Tulo, when you're talking about the way people on rap albums will like, you know, why did Eminem do a verse on his track? Why did Dr. Dre produce a, a mm -hmm. lot of these songs? It was these established guys mm -hmm. that were lifting up 
this new artist. And in that way, it's a beautiful thing because you see that community that, you know. A million dollar deal. There you they go. signed him to a million dollar deal. Right. And he sold nine million albums. There you go. <laughs> That's an investment, if you ask me. I mean, like, wow. Well, and they were well just done. like, yeah, man, it's great. I think we, I think we did it. Uh, I'm just going to listen to Patiently Waiting for the rest of the <laughs> night and just do the do the Eminem song. Do you have it? Can you put it on? I'll do it right now. You want me to do it right now? <laughs> should I should I put it on my ears and then just do do the verse to end off the end off the show? <laughs> yes. Okay, hold on. It's like, Phil, there's only one answer to that. Yeah, absolutely you should. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably just do it off the top of my head, but it w- whatever. No, and you get the beat, and I'll, 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 I'll put the music behind it Okay. On, in post-production. <laughs> okay, got I wanna, it. I want to hear you. I'm just going to go from Eminem, just straight from there. Okay. We'll lay back. Okay, here you go. <laughs> coming up. It's coming up. Mm. Patiently waiting, debating through all the hating, debating whether or not, screaming to weather the storm. Now you lay on the table, they operating to save you. It's like the men who came to you from the heavens above. They think they're crazy, but they ain't crazy. Let's face it, just basically, they just spraying, just things, just things, spraying, just spraying 50. A to the K and Uno way and drain with me and turns day in the fucking mayhem. You staying with me? Don't let me lose you. I'm not trying to confuse you. I'm not let loose with this Uzi and just shoot through your Zuzu. You get the message, it might get through to you. You know it's coming. You motherfuckers don't even know, do you? Take some big and some pop and you mix them up in a pot. Sprinkle a little big L on top. What the fuck do you got? You got the realest and illest killers tied up in a knot. The juggernauts of this rap shit, like it or not. It's like a fight to the top just to see who dies to the spot. You can put your life in it. Nothing like surviving the shots. I don't know what time it is. Soon as 50 signs in this dot. Shit, what you know about death threats? Cause I get a Shady Records was 80 seconds away from the towers. Some cowards fuck with the wrong building, then they meant to hit hours to better evacuate all children. Nuclear showers is nothing spookier. We're now about to witness the power. Fuck them, 50. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Oh, no, with, no, with no sound on, that's got to be the most out of context thing ever. Yeah, I we it. were we were loving it. We were living it. <laughs> now you understand why that's my favorite song of the album, right? There we go. <laughs> it's just so funny that like I always think of that as a as a musician. Do you know how hard it must be to remember the lyrics to every single one of your songs and go out yeah. on tour and do a twenty song set list? I don't get it. How is it's, that possible? It's muscle memory. I mean, it, yeah. that's all it is. It's muscle memory. Well, you're the you're the band teacher guy. Like I, you obviously playing instruments, like playing notes and stuff. But like I'm thinking lyrics that's so many words and like muscle memory yeah it makes sense but like to me what's you know that what it, read memory to me like i don't know why <laughs> i remember all those <laughs> it's think think of it this way it's it's um it, it's it really is like riding a bike you know because you you get that muscle memory that's built in to your subconscious um lin-manuel miranda was actually talking about that on some sort of talk show he was asked something and he was able to to spit out a verse from it wasn't Hamilton it may have been in the heights but it was something that he hadn't done in a while but but he he's like it's just it's muscle memory and all that it's the truth it's uh when I was listening to this album too and this is you know kind of bringing back to the actual cadence of his voice you know mm-hmm. I'm listening the thing that this guy has that was really refreshing to me even under even not understanding necessarily the the culture itself mm-hmm. from you know being in it the enunciation and the play on words, the way that he was actually not just the lyrics themselves, but how he was saying the words, mm-hmm. it was very spot on. It was very accurate. It was very like clean cut, much like Eminem does. And, you know, which is why like the <laughs> what you just said, like in that song, um, it it coincides very well. It really meshes together. But, you know, it really is muscle memory. And you, you can take that and translate it to like um let's say you're playing a trumpet and you memorize the national anthem the melody and national anthem you can go 10 years you might okay what is it okay boom but then it's still there yeah you, yeah you yeah. do it long enough it's in the back of your mind you, yeah, you, you got to clean it up but one of the unique things also and if you watch the movie you kind of know about this too and i always related to kanye west as well was he recorded this album after he got shot and if you see yeah. in the movie a bullet like he was always, he's got that dimple on his mouth. Uh, 
it's because a, a bullet entered his mouth and hit him. And I believe they performed a tracheotomy on him or something mm. where it affected his voice and made him raspier. And they were, um, they didn't do certain things to him in that surgery because they said he was a rapper. So like, um, they felt like if they had to do something, certain something, it would, it would fuck him up. Then they're like, no, don't do that. Wow. So his voice ended up becoming up raspier because of it. Now, how much of that is true? Uh, I mean, I'm, basing it off of one in the movie, but I'm assuming that's what it was. But it makes me think of uh, Kanye West through the wire where he, I, it took me what, a decade after that song came out to realize that, that he actually recorded that with his wire, with his mouth wired shut. Did you guys know that? No, I didn't. So through the wire. <laughs> is, literally through the wire. It's literally through the, his, after he wow. uh, got into the accident and they wired his mouth shut, he recorded that song with his mouth wired shut. So listen, go back. This is my homework assignment for you guys. <laughs> go and listen to Through the Wire and it's going to blow your mind now when you listen to it and hear it. And you're like, holy shit, I can hear him. Then you do this and you're like, through the wire, through the wire. <laughs> you do all the things and you're like, oh shit, you can actually sing like that. But it just made me think of it like how how something like that, an event and it could actually make these, you know, that's Patrick, that's probably what you're hearing is you're hearing uh, like an authentic sound and voice because it actually was affected by what he's talking about, you know? So, you know, you know, there might be some veracity to that, what you were saying, because one thing I noted was, and and we'll kind of wrap it up on this, but like one thing I noted was like a lot of the stuff he does, it it's pretty monotone mm-hmm. in terms of the, like the, I'm not talking about cadence or rhythm or, or delivery or anything. I'm just talking about like the, the, um, the delivery in terms of like the note, but every once in a while, you know, but when he highlights stuff, you know, he'll kind of go up and register every once in a while. Um, but it's pretty monotone, but it may be some of that maybe because maybe his vocal cords and maybe his range was affected by this, by this, um, mm-hmm. by this incident. But yeah, that's, that's a good point to bring up. All right. All right. So too low. That was awesome. Yeah, man. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Once again, I want to highlight it again. Where can people find you, follow you, get into what you're getting into this sick, summer? Sick. Okay, so at Tiptoe with Tulo, T-I-P-T-O-E with Tulo, T-U-L-L-O. Um, <laughs> you can find that on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Twitch is twitch.tv slash Tiptoe with Tulo. Um, I'm releasing my schedule coming up. I'm going to be covering Enjoy Wrestling starting on 618 every Friday. Uh, Enjoy Wrestling is a really awesome independent wrestling band uh, brand based out of Pittsburgh. If you haven't checked them out, please do if you like wrestling. They are awesome, um, yeah. super inclusive, LGBTQ plus um, initiative being pushed forward with them. Uh, if you can support them, support them. Uh, and you can check that rewatch on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then I'm going to be rolling out a game night on Twitch a movie night on Twitch. And then I'm going to exclusively, this is a Stoke County boys exclusive break, uh, news break here. All right. I'm going to be exclusively uh, doing a AW show called AW double rig or nothing. And it's going to be AW dark, AW elevation at the same time. And I'm going to wow. be doing a recap show of dynamite. Uh, and when rampage comes as well. So uh, I'm going to be focusing a lot of my Twitch content on AW, but then also creating other wrestling content uh, through my YouTube page as well. So there's a whole big thing. The Supermark Summer Tour is real. Uh, follow along on all those platforms, whatever you can do to support. I uh, greatly appreciate it. And also the Cow Podcast is how Phil and I met. Uh, Phil, where did mm-hmm. we first meet, though? We, like in person live. Twitter. We saw each other, though, like in person live. No, we've never yeah. met in person. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. You weren't at Cow Mania 1? No, no, no. I haven't made it. No. So just that Cow Zoom, Zoom Thunderdome is. is yeah. Yeah. Where we got, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you good. know, with the pandemic, meeting somebody in a Zoom I is know. like meeting this somebody in meeting. person. At yeah. that point, I've met so many fucking people that exactly. now when I meet them in person, I feel like I've known them forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, we never met. Uh, good shit. Yeah, that was, this was a lot of fun, guys. I appreciate you having me on. And and uh, when the stream gets going, we'd love for you guys to come on. Maybe we'll do we'll come up with a fun uh, concept since we reviewed an album here, maybe we we watch something or something cool. So we'll uh, brainstorm and have you guys on. Hey, and awesome. you know we have our we have a watch along of the '97 Rumble, so we can hang with you on the wrestling rewatch. Let's do so it then. Let's do it. Can, I I'm not down in that. It could be anything that you want. We could figure out something dope to do. So, I mean, it always comes up no matter what. It it comes up no matter what. And and Patrick always relives his trauma of uh, 
Ric Flair turning on Sting. Come on, Sting. <laughs> I know exactly what you're referring to. <laughs> Come on, Sting. <laughs> He's like reaching out, gets in, and then he yep. beats his ass. <laughs> yep. With that fake uh, bandage on his head. Oh, uh, with the fake bandage on his head. Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, we'll that was it. scarring, man. We'll yeah. figure out something dope. We'll do that soon. We'll do that before the summer is up for sure. You guys are on the Supermark Summer Tour. So, uh, yes. oh, yeah. This I is the it. first stop. Hey. <laughs> nice. I love it. Choo choo. We're on the, we're on the Stroman Express. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm more employed than he is right now. I'm <laughs> yeah, feeling good. Yeah, yeah. Feeling good. But yeah, don't, hey. You can find us. Don't forget about us. You can find us at SC Boys Pod, Instagram at Stokes County Boys. Email us, stokescountyboys at gmail.com. What do you think about Get Rich or Die Trying? What do you think about anything else we run our mouths about? Tell what do you us. think about sipping on Bacardi? Yeah. What do you think like, about sipping on think Bacardi? About, what do you think about my free, uh, my Eminem uh, verse? What do you think about that? Was, was that a life changing moment for you? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was transcendent. Tulo, this is a future episode. But we were talking about greatest concert experiences we had and transcendent moments live Whoa. in concert. And y- you may have you may have broken my top five. I may have to kick uh oh, kick nice. the flaming <laughs> lips out of there and, and put a- <laughs> Uh, yeah, All right. I'll give you real quick, I'll do a little yeah. spoiler of that. Uh one of the best moments ever. Uh oh yeah. Lincoln Park, I forgot what year it was, two thousand, maybe eight, two thousand nine. Uh-huh. Uh, encore was Jay-Z came out at Madison Square Garden and they did the whole thing. Uh, I lost my mind. And then the other is last play at Shea, Billy Joel. I mean, we, I could do a whole, we could do a whole episode of the last play at Billy Joel. Like I've seen Billy Joel so many times. I would love to do an episode on Billy Joel. That guy is my hero. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, see, this is one of the things I'm jealous about. Like you and like my wife, she did like, she was in middle school and high school. She was around New York city Mm-hmm. She was like, "Yeah, I saw Pearl Jam at Madison Square Garden." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, the garden. Uh, you know how many times I seen Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden? Well, that's the guy what I'm had saying. a fucking literally yeah. had a once a month show there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Is like we we saw you know we got to go to the Walnut Creek Amphitheater in Raleigh, <laughs> North Carolina. But you guys get to see the, this is where they really bring us Madison well, Square Garden. And, what and you're you need not, to do you know, is in your future and ende- like your future endeavors in your future like thing <laughs> is now. This is why I'm trying to influence you guys. Go to WrestleMania at these or these events at these big places because, you know, pick and choose your spots. You should see somebody awesome perform at Madison Square Garden, especially now that it's been renovated. It's beautiful. Also, UBS Arena in Belmont Park. That's going to be the home of the Islanders starting this season. Let's go. Fire me up. All right. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Tulo, it was great to have you on. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, man. It was awesome. Patrick, you have a good one. Yes. All right. You too. Done. Later, Patrick. Thanks. Later, fellas. <laughs>